0: Good evening, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger for Arctic ice hockey. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter account at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Megaphone. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on all the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news. On tonight's episode, we'll be covering a couple of new developments for the Jets, including a waiver claim from Toronto, um, as well as an update on who's doing well for the Jets this season and who could use some improvement. As always, I'd love to hear your thoughts on tonight's episode, so don't hesitate and reach out to me on Twitter. As I mentioned earlier, Winnipeg has made a waiver claim from Toronto, which is something of a change of pace for this team. They're not exactly known for making a variety of roster transactions beyond call-ups and send-downs. You might be wondering who Winnipeg would have claimed from uh, Toronto. As it turns out, they've picked up fourth-line center Nick Shore. Shore is something of a journeyman. Uh, He was last with the LA Kings system before he ended up moving to Toronto. He actually spent all of last year in Russia, playing in the KHL. The past couple of seasons have been a little bit chaotic for him. He had, like, a couple of games with the Sens and then a few games with the Calgary Flames before making the move abroad. Uh, He was originally an LA Kings draft pick, but he didn't really crack the roster as a full-time starter outside of a depth role for the most part. Under normal circumstances, uh, a fourth-line center claim is probably not the most exciting part of your day, but I actually do have a soft spot for Nick Shore. I think he's a very serviceable NHLer and somebody who provides defensive stability on your fourth line. Right now, Winnipeg has an extremely bad fourth line. Uh, Logan Shaw, Yono Luotu, and uh, David Gustafson haven't really been able to put it all together. Logan Shaw in particular has really struggled at the NHL level. I mean, he's he's a veteran a pro hockey player, but you can kind of tell that this level of hockey is too high for him. In a system where the Jets tend to give up a lot of shots and, and sort of limit chances against in the central slot area, I just don't think Logan Shaw actually has the hockey IQ to really fit this system. I think he kind of needs a very straightforward approach, and that's just not what Maurice and his coaching staff are using right now. Luoto is also kind of in the same boat. I don't think that his approach is... There's, I don't think there's a whole lot of finesse to his game, um, at least that he's been able to display so far. Luoto being cast as a fourth-line grinder really doesn't suit his style of play, and I don't think he's really built for it either. David Gustafson ends up being the recipient of, of both players struggling on his flanks, and so his results this year have been pretty appalling. I don't think that he's really capable of carrying those guys at a time like this. Gus kind of needs guys with a lot of skill and a more cerebral approach to the game. Neither of which Shaw or took can provide at this time. Bringing in someone like Shore would actually help the Winnipeg Jets a lot, especially on uh, the PK, where they've been giving up a lot of scoring chances against. Shore is a pretty smart guy, uh, especially in his ability to clear and, and facilitate zone transitions. He's not very flashy, and I don't think he, that he has like a whole lot of offensive upside. But good things tend to happen when he's on the ice. His smart, simple approach should be enough to help Winnipeg exit its own zone and then hopefully uh, limit some of the passing lanes and shooting lanes that have been wide open for opposing power play units. In previous seasons, he kind of had like an Adam Lowry and Andrew Kopp role where he helped generate a lot of offense near the net um, in the opposing end and then limited scoring chances against in his own end. You can kind of tell based on some contour maps from Micah Blake-McCurdy that generally speaking, Shore um, was sort of a shutdown center for the teams that he's played for. Again, I really wouldn't expect a whole lot from Shore. I think that he's going to be serviceable. I think that he provides valuable depth for the Jets in a time where they're facing a lot of injuries and need some defensive support. But that said, I still like the claim. I think it's really smart roster management from the Jets. And now they can send David Gustafson to the World Juniors. I think Gustafson also needs more time in Sweden. Right now he just doesn't look ready for the NHL, and I don't think that's necessarily his fault. I think he's kind of put in a role that's not really suited to what he needs. We saw in preseason that he was one of the smartest, most positionally sound players uh, on the preseason and practice teams, so I definitely have high hopes for him. I just think that having to play with guys like Shaw and Luoto really isn't the best use of his time. Back in Sweden, he'll get lots of ice time, and I think he'll get the captaincy from what I understand. All in all, this is probably one of the few waiver claims that I'm actually interested in. I really didn't care for the Lucas Abisa claim, but Nick Shore actually has some decent value for the Jets. Typically, Winnipeg hasn't been hurting for depth forwards, but that's not been the case this year. The fourth line has kind of been something of a rotating tire fire, so I'm pretty okay bringing Shore in to at least help stabilize things. If he somehow proves that he's got something left in the tank and can offer a little bit more offensive upside, I'm totally down with that too. I do hope that he's able to, to help out Shaw and Luoto with their defensive assignments. Ideally, I'd like to see guys like Harkins and maybe Chibisov get a shot, but I don't think that either of them play a style of game that Maurice really cares for. Shibasov might be closer in that he's like a big kid, but I think Maurice likes guys that he thinks are defensively sound and positionally sound on their own end, so he's not really going to take risks on young guys, generally speaking. It's probably why Nick Patan really didn't get that much of a leash when he was here, and I feel like, you know, a lot of coaches in the NHL think the way Maurice does, and it's also explaining why Nick Patan has had a hard time finding ice time outside of Winnipeg. Shore does enough visually, I think, to get Maurice's approval, so... Nice claim. I think he'll do some good things for the Jets. The penalty call could definitely use his skill set, and at even strength, Winnipeg's defense definitely needs help too, so I'm all for it. As far as other official roster transaction moves, Winnipeg did move Dmitry Kulikov to injured reserve. Marie said earlier that he's likely not to return until the All-Star break, which I'm not really bothered by. I mean, uh, the defense is not exactly doing that well, and Kulikov was unfortunately one of the guys who was struggling the most. I think some time off and a bit of a chance to recover and rest would be good for him. And hopefully he comes back rejuvenated and ready to play again. Dimitri's had kind of a rough injury history over the past couple of seasons, so anytime he does get injured, you kinda of worry about his long-term health situation. Um so hopefully he stays healthy when he comes back and, and you know improves his quality of play. In the meantime, this is like the ideal situation to call up Sami Niku. I know Carl Dahlstrom and Anthony Boteto are likely to earn that ice time over Niku, but Sami really does deserve a chance, and I feel like he's got a lot more to offer this team. When he was playing for Winnipeg earlier this year, I thought he looked fantastic, and I feel like he's starting to round at his game as a whole. At this point, he doesn't really have anything to prove in the AHL level, and like I've said, I feel like the next step for him is to get a full-time NHL roster spot. If he doesn't get it here, he'll get it somewhere else. Winnipeg really can't afford to be picky and choosy as to who they put on defense, but they can definitely afford to put Sami Niku in the lineup and I feel like his offensive instincts would actually help a lot on the power play as well. He's a very smart attacking skater, and he has a really great shot. Anyone who knows me also knows that I have a strong affinity for Finnish defensemen and players, so uh, you know, fulfilling our Finnish quota for the Jets would be high on my priority list. I definitely would like to see Niku supporting this team, and I feel like Winnipeg should give him a shot to to really earn a roster spot, regardless of, of health situations down the road. Um, he really does have... Unique talents and abilities that no one else in the defense has right now. Winnipeg, if you're listening, please let me see my finished Prince. I'm a big fan of Niku's body of work, and he's an AHL defenseman of the year for a reason. Hashtag Free Niku. Speaking of freedom, did you know that you have the freedom to download the DoorDash app and place an order right now? Treat yourself to the meal you deserve, and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code locked on. That's promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at lockedonpodcasts.com/slash offers. That's Lockedonpodcasts.com/slash offers. Up next, we're going to talk about who's doing really well for the Jets, including Andrew Kopp, Adam Lowry, Nick Ahlers, and more. Starting with our third line defensive maestros, let's look at Andrew Kopp and Adam Lowry. Last year, Andrew Kopp had something of a breakout season. Over the past couple of years, he started to showcase more of an offensive ability that people really weren't aware of. Andrew marries a lot of puck smarts with uh, physical play, and I feel like his forechecking ability really contributes at both ends of the ice. Surprising though, when he's still good this season, and he's actually starting to earn more ice time for Maurice. That third line is something of an everyman tool for Maurice. He just kind of throws it at all situations, and it generally gets results. They don't score as much as you might expect, but they generate a ton of zone chaos and tend to wear down their opponents. Kopp's got 11 points in 28 games, so he's definitely not doing all that poorly on the score sheet either. All in all, Andrew continues to be a versatile two-way threat for Winnipeg, and I really hope that they figure out a longer-term contract for him. He's the kind of depth forward that I think if you give like a three- or a four-year deal, that's closer to an ideal situation. I think in a dream state, I still kind of want to see him in the second-line center role. I think he's got another gear to offer this team, and I sh- he showed it some last season, so I want to see him get more ice time. I think that he deserves it, and I feel like he deserves more prominent line mates as well. He's a smart player, good passer, nice scorer, great forechecker. checker. He just has everything that you'd really want in someone occupying a central channel of attack. On the same side of the coin, Adam Lowry is basically more Andrew Kopp, just, just much angrier, more fightier, grittier. You get the idea. Adam Lowry is a fantastic hockey player, and over the past couple of seasons, everyone sort of viewed him as Winnipeg's de facto shutdown center. Kind of like Kopp, I don't think he gets enough praise for the amount of hard work that he does near the net. He's a a really aggressive four-checker and a very powerful player, so he gets in a lot of dangerous scoring areas right in front of the net. If Lowry had better hands, I feel like he'd be like a 20-goal scorer. I mean, he's a fantastic overall presence in front of goal. But married with a little bit more finesse, I feel like he has the ability to put up big numbers. As it is, though, he and Cop anchor Winnipeg's third line with Matthew Perot and, and create a really great energy line that defends and attacks in equal measure. They have a specific role, and they're really, really good at it. Speaking of being really good at their roles, I feel like we should talk about Nick Aylers, Patrick Laney and Mark Shifley having big seasons. These three have been tremendously potent uh, attackers, and I feel like the combo of Mark Shifley and Patrick Laine on the first line gives Winnipeg so much threat. Laine had this absolutely ridiculous passing sequence um, to Mark Shifley, uh, who was behind the net and ended up getting a nice wraparound goal against Groben the other night. The vision that Patrick Laine displayed to find Shifley behind the net and essentially thread it between the goalpost and the defender, that's just phenomenal stuff. You really can't train that in somebody. That is predatory instinct, perfect vision, excellent passing. It's just, it's dreamlike. The more those two play together, I think Shifley and Line continue to grow in comfort with each other, and I feel like they've developed a great chemistry. When both of them are on the ice, you just get the sense that something good is going to happen. And then there's Kyle Connor on that line, too. Kyle's not really a play driver, but he tends to pot a lot of points because he's always in decent positions and has really great shooting hands. Shifley and Lani do a lot of the hard work, either down low and near the net, and basically set up Connor to do the rest. I would like Lani to shoot a bit more than he is right now. I think that he is mostly looking for passes and and opportunities to grant assists, but he really needs to be the one scoring for this team. I definitely don't mind Winnipeg having a diversified attack, but Patrick has the best shot in the league, Um, and I think only Ovechkin really rivals him, so I want to see him use it more. He's already crested the 100 goal mark for his career, so at this point it can only go up. As he continues to round at his game in both ends of the ice, I mean, as I said in another episode, he continues to develop into a full feature forward, and I feel like that's the best case for Winnipeg. Ehlers has also been a standout. I mean, he's always been a good forward, sometimes fantastic, but this year he continues to elevate his game to another level. He's also started shooting more and getting more goals, so that's a nice reward for the amount of transition play that he facilitates. Every time Ehlers steps on the ice, his line is usually going to do something nice, and a lot of that's just because of how good Ehlers is. Like Lainey, he's also a bit of a heady distributor, and he has great vision and passing and skating, so all of these things together, now with a, a refined shot, just make Ehlers a complete threat on the ice. Sometimes Ehlers is so good that I feel like he treats hockey like it's in, like it's a video game. I mean, he has the ability to do stuff that so few players do. Without him and his contract, I really don't know where this team would be this season. Speaking of guys that the team can't live without, I think, uh, I think we all know Connor Hellebuck continues to be Winnipeg's MVP. He saved so many goals and kept the Jets... Um, At a 17-10-1 record, I really don't think that anyone else deserves the MVP award over him. I'll be blunt. Winnipeg's defense is kind of a tire fire, and the the forwards aren't really scoring at a, a consistent rate outside of some nice shooting luck. Winnipeg right now is kind of getting away with having really elite goal scorers who are potting the puck at just the right times. But once the 5v5 scoring kind of dries up and the power play maybe starts to fade a bit, the team's going to keep leaning on Hellebuck, and he's been an absolute rock in net for them. He's up to like a almost a 940 save percentage this season, which is just insane given what he's playing behind. He's basically pulling a John Gibson from the Ducks over the past couple of seasons, but now in Winnipeg flavor. His mechanics look pretty clean. He seems to have his, his big frame blocking shots the way he wants to. Um, he's not really giving up too, too many dangerous rebounds, and uh, he's doing a good job in net, so... I'm pretty happy with him. I'm also happier with Neil Pionk than I expected to be. Uh, Neil was probably one of the more controversial acquisitions during the Trooper trade, so expectations from my end were pretty low. When Pionk was with the Rangers, he didn't do anything like zone denials or, or really man-to-man coverage. He was basically a drifter in the defensive zone, so I was very worried about what he was going to do with his team, especially with the lack of defensive support. Surprisingly, Pionk's been pretty competent. Like he's an NHLer by, by a fair margin, I would say. The only thing that he ironically seems to struggle with is is like the power play attacking. Sometimes he has these weird decisions along the blue line where he ends up getting himself into trouble, and the Jets end up giving up like a shorthanded chance. People have compared him to like shorter Tyler Myers, and I feel that's pretty apt. Um, Tyler had the same situation where he'd have these wonderful, marvelous attacking zone entries and offensive zone possessions, but then he'd have this one decision that would kind of undo all of it. Pionk is cut from a bit of a similar cloth, but I do have to say there is a lot more progress in his game than I was expecting. Um, he definitely wins more, you know, one-on-one challenges than he used to. He's kind of okay along the walls. I, I wouldn't trust him long term there, but he does enough. Given what Winnipeg's options are, I feel like enough is all I can ask. Um, He's been decent. I think his contract and arbitration was a little expensive, but I can live with it. What I am less happy to live with are the next guys we're going to talk about, and these are the players who have ended up struggling a lot this season, and some of the names may end up surprising you. Here comes my least favorite part of the show, which is the Who's Not Doing So Hot segment. I will completely confess that I complain a lot about the Jets on Twitter. Um, Anyone who follows me on Twitter absolutely knows that I am happy to speak my mind about how I feel the team is doing and how some of the players are doing. What people may not know is that I actually don't like complaining about the Jets. I really want this team to do well, and it sucks when they don't, because... For me, there's a ton of potential. One of the guys who's doing really poorly this season is Josh Morrissey, and I I did not anticipate this at all. He and Tucker Pullman look very overwhelmed on the first pairing, and I don't know if it's because Morrissey is struggling without Truba or what the situation is. I gotta be real honest, though, something's just not right with Josh. Um, he just signed a major contract extension that we all thought was going to be a great deal, but so far it's looked pretty bad for the first season of it at least. I am kind of suspicious that Josh has some kind of injury because he just hasn't looked right for most of the season. Um, He's usually a very fluid skater, has very sound positioning, is comfortable in defensive coverages, and has a good idea on on his zone reads. But this year he just looks kind of like a fish out of water. Pullman struggling I'm not super surprised by. I think Tucker is probably a third-pairing defenseman who's now been asked to play first-pairing minutes, and it's just not the best solution. I do think Tucker, given the circumstances, is actually performing admirably. I think it's a lot to ask Tucker to play top pairing minutes against some of the best competition in the NHL. And I think that generally speaking he's handled it about as well as I could expect. I mean, this is difficult for him. He's again a third pairing defenseman, has to play with Josh Morrissey. It's just not an ideal state for him, and it's not really likely to change any time in the near future. Unless somebody really wants to see, like, Dmitry Kulikov on the first pairing, I'm very comfortable keeping Pullman in that spot for now. Speaking of underperforming defensemen, I feel like Luka Sabisa is is unfortunately going to get thrown under the bus here. I have to be completely honest with y'all, he's just not an NHL defenseman. I watched a lot of him with Vancouver, and I used to kind of make jokes about it because, I don't know, Sabisa somehow managed to get himself from, like, one dangerous situation into an even more dangerous situation that caused even more trouble for himself. I'm honestly not sure why people really love his game. Every time I watch him I just feel like I'm waiting for the next bad pass or or missed, missed challenge Um, a lost wall battle. He's just not really capable of doing the kind of stuff that your average modern NHL defenseman can do these days. I know that he was a free waiver claim, but I'm not really loving that situation. To me, it's no different than having, like, Logan Stanley playing in the NHL, even though, like, Stanley's not really ready for NHL action. Sabisa's not really ready for NHL action either. He's played a lot of NHL games, and he's still not good. Winnipeg always has a quota of like at least one or two below-replacement-level defensemen on their roster at any one time, so I guess Sabisa fits that quota this time around, but eh, it's not great to watch. It's kind of bad when Anthony Boteto looks a little more capable of making simple plays than Sabisa is, because Boteto's also not an NHL defenseman. You can probably kind of see a theme here of where we're going with this Long and short of it, the Jets just need NHL defenders, and they need them really quickly. On the list of guys who are in the NHL and probably shouldn't be, we've unfortunately got Logan Shaw and Yona Luoto. Luoto I'm willing to give more time, um, especially at the AHL level. I don't think he's in a situation that's really catering to his skill sets, but Logan Shaw, we have a large enough sample size to know that he's probably not an NHLer. He and Gabriel Bork are kind of in the same situation where they're both really direct, one-directional players, um, but... They don't actually do anything with that one direction that they take. I constantly see Shaw out of position or kind of looking confused in defensive coverages. I think Maurice sees him as like a Tanev replacement, and he's really not that. Brandon Tanev was a lot more effective on the forecheck um, and actually had genuine defensive value for Winnipeg. Shaw and Luoto definitely aren't capable of doing that for this fourth line, so I would like to see both of them kind of spend time with the Moose. The Moose could definitely use the reinforcements. And I'd like to see Spachek, Harkins... Chibisov, someone with a little more offensive talent. I understand that Maurice has his guys, but uh, it's just not really good to watch, and I feel like it's going to start costing Winnipeg at some point. You can't trust that line at even strength. You can't trust them on the PK. There aren't really any situations where you can use guys like Shaw and Luoto comfortably without conceding a lot of scoring chances against. It's unfortunate, but you know Shaw is definitely an effective AHLer. He's shown that many times, and I feel like he would be a great addition to the Moose. Luoto's skill set also fits the Moose a little bit better than it does the Jets right now, so both of them would help uh, Manitoba stabilize their forward unit. If both are kept up with the big club, I hope Nick Shore can actually make them into capable NHLers. Wishful thinking, I know, but uh, Winnipeg is 17-10-1, so at this point, anything's possible. Let a man dream. Speaking of dreams, I'd love to know what players you'd like to see Winnipeg target at the deadline or before the deadline. Let me know on Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets, and maybe I'll feature your suggestion on the next podcast. With that, Locked on Jets is signing off for the night. Go Jets go.